1: Greenie with Mike
2: Greenberg, the podcast.
3: How well, we like to make you money, and that is the plan for this segment. It is Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson, in for Greenie on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We welcome in Amber's new partner, Joe, and Amber begins. January the third, seven and nine p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio. He is Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, and of course, you know him from the Daily Wager every day on ESPN. Joseph, it's Chris and your new partner Amber. How are you, bud?
4: Oh, I'm fantastic, Amber. It is always a pleasure to be talking with you, Carlin. Eh, I
3: get better. Yeah, understandable. All <laughs> right. Now, just a minute ago, <laughs> we were talking Joe about uh what it was like because the last time the vikings beat the colts was 1997 Whew. and bubba was making the point the last time he was in nine, uh, that the last time the vikings beat the colts he was in middle school having a great time and i call bs on that i uh, that's garbage nobody had a great time during middle school did you have a great time in middle school
4: no i i did not i was telling bubba this in the pre-show meeting and i'm sure he relayed this to you so now i'm gonna have to say it on air um I, I was painfully shy when it came to the opposite sex all the way up until like my mid twenties. Like I didn't come out of my shell until late. So middle school was when, you know, people started kind of flirting and doing all that stuff, holding hands in the hallways. I had no idea what the hell was going on with any of that. So middle school, best word I could use to describe it would be awkward. I was, it was just, everything was awkward for me. Yeah, you just I mean, described my
5: life. That's what I said life. too. Yeah, yeah, well, you d- described Carlin's entire life. <laughs> yeah, uh, although we half described married, Carlin's so Friday.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my, those are my plans for today.
5: <laughs> Bubba peaked in middle school. I think that's what we really learned. Yes, yeah, story, yeah so. he's
3: that stoked about middle school. It was like, damn,
4: man, like like high school is when you started to get the license. High school is when you made the contacts that could get you beer when you were underage. Like, and I said, when... I said,
2: high school was unbelievable. I'm, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs>
3: high school yeah. was phenomenal. High
4: school was Mardi Gras.
3: Yeah, all you're doing is right now making me angry with my parents for making me go to all-boys high school right now. Oh, because really, did they have worthless. high school
2: in 1824?
3: Yes, they did. Thank <laughs> but you. But it was all boys. Jerk. Yes, but it was all boys. Women
5: weren't allowed to go to school yeah. yet. So. Yeah.
3: Women weren't allowed to leave the house, right? <laughs> that's, how, that's how old I am. Right, that's exactly. why I was all. I get it, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Bubba. Joe, let's make some money. Let's start, let's start with tomorrow night. I, I'm sorry. I'm really not. I apologize to Amber, but I'm not all that sorry. I just don't see it for the Miami Dolphins in Buffalo tomorrow night. Is this as much of a lock as I believe it to be?
4: Here's what worries me about the Buffalo side. People look at the Bills, and they look at the home field advantage, and then they see that there's going to be weather. We've got snow in the forecast, and they think, man, that's a huge advantage for the Bills. Not, I don't think so. I, I this team is built to air it out and get into track meets like it's a quarterback driven team that loves to throw the ball. They don't have a power running game. So we saw this last week with the Jets, like in any other situation with nice weather. I think the Bills put it on them, just like I think they would put it on Miami this week. But now you're going to add inclement weather to the situation. It's like, well, that hurts the Buffalo offense, which is the bread and butter of what they want to do. It's a seven point spread. I think they make for an excellent six point teaser option. I do think the over has some merit in this game because we are going to see some guys slipping and falling defensively, which could lead to some big plays. But I want no part of Miami. And Amber, this is no disrespect. You're, but then again, you're going to have to deal with this on a regular basis starting in January, so we might as well deal with it now. The, the <laughs> Dolphins have just gotten pummeled the last two weeks. I hate the spot pummeled physically in san francisco then they go play the chargers and they completely lay an egg and now it's their third road game in three weeks and it's outdoors in the cold weather i just think it's a bad spot so maybe buffalo hangs a good number offensively but it's tough for me to get behind either side at this point right now
5: joe your answer started off so well uh, and then it swerved <laughs> there at the end uh, joe and amber debuting january 3rd i'll leave the fighting about the dolphins until then let me ask you though about cowboys jags we had rob ninkovich on with us earlier in the show and he actually is choosing the Jags to beat the Cowboys in this game straight up obviously the Cowboys favorite in this one what would you do here with Dallas
4: I see it the other way. Dallas is one of my favorite plays this week. I think this is an excellent buy-low opportunity on the Cowboys. Well, what's the narrative this week, right? And what did Nink probably say? Look at how bad they looked against Houston, right? Oh, they were just terrible against Houston. That's where you make money in this racket. You don't just look at what you just saw and make your analysis based on that. And this is no knock to Nink in any any way, shape, or form. But... The look-ahead line for this game, which are point spreads here in Vegas that come out more than a week in advance, and they're great tools to look at how the market moves. It was Dallas minus 5.5. Dallas goes and lays an egg, but they still win. Jacksonville beats Tennessee. Line drops to 4. Some places have it 3.5. I think that's a great buy low spot, right? Last time we saw Dallas look awful, they came off the buy. They went to Green Bay. They got beat by a bad Packers team. You know what happened the next week? They beat Minnesota by 37 points. I think the same thing happens here. I think they bounce back in a huge way in this game. Tyron Smith's going to play, it looks like, right tackle. That helps the offensive line. And for all the people talking about the look-ahead spot to the Philadelphia game, you can't look ahead to Philadelphia. You lose this game, you're not going to catch the Eagles in the division. Every game matters right now because the Eagles won't lose. So I think Dallas is the play.
3: Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN betting analyst. Of course, he and Amber start their show 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time on January 3rd here on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber looking forward to that beginning. Uh, Joe, we just got the news in the last 15 minutes or so that Mike White will not be cleared to, uh, physically to be the Jet quarterback, medically, I should say. And so Zach Wilson is going to start this game against the Detroit Lions. How would this affect your view of this game.
4: Oh, this pisses me off so much. This <laughs> pisses me off so much because the Jets were such a great bet this week. They were such a great bet. First off, let's look at what happened. The line was mostly pick 'em all week, which means there was no spread. You just have to pick the winner. And then it started to creep up because it was Jets money the last few days. Jets minus one, Jets minus one and a half. That was the side. All right. Number one, Jared Goff in cold weather for his career. He's been a disaster. And when you look at Detroit this year, I think it's six wins. Almost all of them have come exclusively against the worst defenses in the NFL, right? Like you go through the defensive rankings of the teams they beat, the defenses stink with the exception of the win against the Commanders. The Jets' defense is legit, and when they play legit defenses, the Patriots shut them out, the Cowboys held them to six, they don't perform well. So the Jets were the play. Then there's this announcement that Wilson's going to get the start, and you look at it and immediately immediately the line swings the other way. It's like going from the starter to the backup. Like if Lamar... All due respect to uh, Tyler Huntley, because I think he's a very competent backup for the Ravens. But if Jackson's out, the line drops. Mike White being ruled out and going to the number two overall pick, move the line from Jets minus one and a half to Jets plus one. That's what people think of Zach Wilson. So now it's a stay away game, unfortunately, because I wanted to hammer the Jets. I can't back them with that kid at center. Is anyone even going to show up to try to back him up? I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like the locker room likes him all that much.
5: From one team, Joe, without, with hardly a starting quarterback to another team with hardly a starting quarterback, let me ask you about what's happening here in Pittsburgh. Um, Kenny Pickett's status for Sunday's games in doubt after his second uh, concussion within eight weeks. Obviously, Trubisky's been the backup there, uh, but there's support now for Mason Rudolph, including from his teammates. Deontay Johnson says that he wants Rudolph out there. What do you do with the Steelers against the Panthers this weekend? Well, Trubisky
4: stinks. I mean, everywhere you've seen him in every situation, he stinks. There's no reason to play him anywhere at all in the NFL ever again. We've seen everything we need across multiple teams. He does not make plays. If you bet on him and he's out there, you, you it's like excruciating because he can never move the team down the field. It is incredible how incapable he is of playing starting quarterback in the NFL. If he's out. I still like the Steelers here. I think, again, we've got too much of a line move. Last week, the Steelers were minus three for this game. Now they're plus three plus three. This game has a total of 37 points. The bookmakers are telling you it's going to be a low scoring game. So those three points are extremely valuable, way more valuable than they'd be in a game. That's a shootout with a total of say 54, 55 TJ Watt on the field this season. Steelers giving up 19 points per game. TJ Watt, not on the field, 25 points per game, Carolina hits. They've been very good. They've been very physical. The last month of the season, they've covered a lot of spreads. I think the line moved too much in their favor. I do find myself leaning the Pittsburgh here.
3: Alright Joe, give me a couple of the last real real bets that you love this
4: weekend. Uh Baltimore plus the 3 against Cleveland, Deshaun Watson is not playing well. I think the Ravens are being undervalued. I'd also bet Watson to throw an interception. He's done one in each of his two games. The Commanders, I'd take I'd lay it with them over the Giants. Uh Big Blue is what I like to call Minnesota Light. They're just like the Vikings. They've got a a good record, but they're not a good football team. The metrics point to everything going the wrong way there. I like the Commanders. Lay the points with Fresno in their bowl game over Washington State. They have been a wagon since the Boise State loss earlier in the season. Jake Haner's healthy. Under in Florida, Oregon State, which is here in Vegas tomorrow. That totals 53 points. Oregon State should have no problem running the ball against the Gators' defense. And then the World Cup, I'm going to put a little money on France to win it. The bet is France to lift the trophy. I'm not dealing with extra time, regular time draws. Eliminate all that crap. France <laughs> minus 105 to win it. I think they're undervalued, and people are buying into this narrative of, well, it's Messi's last game, uh, last World Cup game, Messi, Messi, Messi. Okay, great. France has been fantastic. They're very deep. I think we're getting a good price on them.
3: Listen, when France and Argentina get together, you can throw out the records. I've always said that. (laughs) Thank you, Joe.
4: My pleasure, as always. Have a great show, guys.
3: You too. Joe and Amber begins January 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 to 9, Monday through Friday. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, he and Amber beginning their show. Looking forward to that uh, at the start of the new year. It's Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit progressive.com. Up next, when you start looking forward to the draft, there are some teams that are having great years up top. Are there deals that have happened that you would redo? This is very bizarre when you look at who's going to be in the top five come the NFL draft this year. It's next. It is Amber Wilson, Chris Carlin for Greenie on ESPN Radio.
1: A Christmas Day, NBA doubleheader. Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks head to Boston
2: to face the Celtics. Then in San Francisco, Steph Curry and the Warriors welcome John Morant and the Grizzlies. Coverage begins at 430 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC.
1: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast.
5: For Wilson and Chris Carlin, filling in for Mike Greenberg here on Greeny. Greeny is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Give him a follow on Twitter at Chris Carlin. You can check me out as well at Amber W Sports. Carlin, I wanted to mention this interesting article that Bill Barnwell has on ESPN.com where he reminds us of the fallout from some of the trades in the NFL in the offseason. And it's a, a, a big factor when it comes to the 2023 upcoming NFL draft. So to give you a reminder here, in this upcoming draft, the Rams, the Broncos, and the Saints should be Picking at the top, if it was to happen today, and there's not really any reason to believe that they won't still be there by the end of the season. If it was to happen to today, they'd be picking at the top of the draft. Instead, it will not be those teams picking at the top of the draft, but instead, the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Eagles, who will have those draft picks. So I want to go through these trades individually. I want you to tell me what these trades look like now, where we sit in Week 15 in the NFL season, and if you do them again, if you were either of these teams. So let's start with that Broncos-Seahawks trade. We know this trade was about Russell Wilson. Denver sent first-round picks in 22 and 23, second-round picks in 22 and 23, a fifth-round selection in 22 and a trio of players in exchange for Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth rounder. Who won this trade?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Can you imagine right now being Denver? You did all of that to get Russell Wilson, and then you handed him a quarter of a billion dollars, and here you are thinking that maybe his career career, it's not that far from over. I personally believe that we need to look at Russell Wilson another year with a competent head coach, but I mean, this is this is highway robbery. This is this could end up being Amber Herschel Walker territory. That's what this could turn up to be. The the Vikings Cowboys trade from back in the day. Right now, Seattle is picking 2nd mm-hmm. in the draft. 2nd. I mean, that come team
5: on picking second and the beauty of it too if you're the Seahawks is they don't have to address the quarterback position with that second that's right that's
3: really what's interesting like I think if he had won last night it might go a long way do you feel like Gino's gonna be their guy next year
5: I think that he's only 32 years old. I think he's shown enough this season to show that he's certainly fully competent of running that offense. I don't know if you use that kind of draft capital also on a quarterback. I mean, it's kind of like what we're talking about when we're having the Brock Purdy conversation, right? But it feels like that Russell Wilson in Seattle might have had a lot more to do with Pete Carroll's system than maybe even Russell Wilson. I realize there's an aging factor there with Wilson. Maybe he's physically declined a bit in his mid-30s. But if you can take a guy in Geno Smith who's been a journeyman for a decade in the NFL and plug him into that system and all of a sudden he looks like this version of Geno Smith, then why do you need to spend the second overall pick on a quarterback even if you are going to move on from Geno?
3: Yeah, I think it's one of two things. I think they either love one of those quarterbacks uh, and they'll end up bringing Geno back, or I think they they ride with Geno, they give him a two or three year deal and they could potentially trade out of that if there's somebody that loves mm-hmm. that pick that loves, you know, either C.J. Stroud or, or Bryce Young, whoever is going to be there if they could they could get a haul for that too. I think, they, boy, they're in an exceptional position.
5: Yeah, I mean, oh. this, this story is still unwritten because yeah. from that perspective, you're right. Like, they could even turn this into more than they've already turned this into. Also, the Russell Wilson factor, I think we're all hesitant to fully call it a wrap yet, and so it's hard to fully evaluate this train. But right now, it doesn't get uglier than that no. trade looks. No, it Denver, does not. I mean, I, forca- I don't know how you bounce back. I, and that.
3: Frankly, I'd forgotten everything they gave up, and I'm not even counting the players. Two twos, two ones, mm-hmm. and a fifth. I mean, geez. That it didn't is... even
5: seem, it wasn't even controversial at the time. It didn't even seem crazy. It was like, oh, yeah, well, that's what you give up for a superstar like Russell Wilson.
3: It's crazy. It, uh, nobody could have seen this coming.
5: A swing and a miss. And true. and it's the type of miss that can, I mean, it can hamstring your. your franchise for years and years and years and years so hopefully uh things will uh look better than they do right now uh in denver when it comes to that trade let's talk about rams lions now the rams sent its 2021 third round pick first round picks in 22 and 23 and jared goff to detroit in return they got matthew stafford now this one I think is a little bit more difficult to break down because Matthew Stafford this year is one thing, but don't forget that guy did get you a ring or certainly help you get a ring last year.
3: Yeah, I, I listen. You have flags as as Barnwell points out in the article. Flags fly forever, right? That mm-hmm. championship flag is always going to fly, and they they did. I mean that was the whole mentality. Blank them picks. Let's go make that happen. So they have their championship. However. I think given how well Goff has played this year given where they are with Stafford let's be fair Stafford might be done you know when we're talking about a neck or a back situation he might be packing it in I don't know that the Rams uh the Rams certainly are going to do their best to play their best the rest of the season cuz I don't think they're in a hurry to hand away two franchise quarterbacks cuz theori- theoretically they could be with the first round pick this year that they gave up And with Jared Goff, if he turns out to be the Lions guy.
5: I would call this a win for both teams. Like, this, to me, is the rare win, right? Because the Lions weren't going to win anything with Matthew Stafford. So why hang on to him? Why not turn Stafford into these picks? And in return, you happen to get a guy in Jared Goff, who now actually is fitting Dan Campbell's system here in his second season in it. And... It looks like that maybe Goff, who they have on the cheap, can go ahead and be the guy moving forward right? for that team. It's a development process, and he's been developing in Dan Campbell's system. So it feels like a good move there for the Lions, because why not? And they got the picks out of it. From the Ram side of this, though, like you said, the flags fly forever. The rings are always there on your finger. And this sport is all about winning championships. And I would absolutely mortgage my future for a Super Bowl right now. I think most people would. Most teams would. And so, yes, this season it looks ugly. But all you have to do is go back to last season to remember how pretty it looked. So I think both teams won, Carlin.
3: Yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's fair because... Yeah, Uh, listen, the Lions are clearly headed in the right direction.
5: I I mean, it's seemingly so. It didn't look like it at the beginning of the season. I mean, clearly it might be overstating it. But yes, uh, things have certainly gone well. It's remarkable how, how good Jared Goff has looked lately in Detroit. All right. The next trade here in Bill Barnwell's article on ESPN.com it was the Saints and the Eagles. And, of course, this one's the thorn in the side, I would imagine, for so many NFL fans on the outside looking in because we're talking about an Eagles team right now that's sitting atop the NFL. But New Orleans sent their first, third, and seventh round selections in 2022, a first-rounder in 2023, a second-rounder in 2024, two of the Eagles in return. Philadelphia sent a pair of first-rounders in 2022. 20- 22 and a 22 sixth rounder to the Saints. So lots of toggling around in the draft. And now you have the Eagles, again, with the Eagles record this season, drafting at the top of this upcoming draft.
3: Listen, this is, yes, it's brilliant, but let's also call it what it is. It's falling into it a little bit for Howie Roseman. This is, th- there's some luck involved here. It was smart to make the trade that he did, because you're positioning yourself, more importantly, for this year in case Jalen Hurts didn't work out. Mm -hmm. In case you had to go get a quarterback, you had two first-round picks in a draft that, at the time, was thought to be more quarterback-friendly or more quarterback-loaded. There are three of them now. Now, obviously, they don't need one. So now, they're in a great position to do a lot of different things. I give them a lot of credit for, for making that deal and... They have some foresight in preparing themselves for this, uh, for the possibility that it didn't happen with Hertz, but at the same time, I think they did a great job here.
5: And they, they turn some of these picks into A.J. Brown, right? Which yeah. certainly has a lot to do with them not needing to replace Jalen Hurts at this point. So certainly, I would say advantage Eagles. You can check out that article, Bill Barnwell's article on ESPN.com. Coming up here on Greeny, Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin filling in for Mike Greenberg. The Steelers, apparently some of those players in the locker room, they want Mason Rudolph. Who you got? That's next.
1: Whether you rent or own. GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and Good!
6: Greenie, the podcast. Previously on Greenie, The Dak slander has got to stop. And this is getting to be ridiculous. Is he playing like the best quarterback in the NFC? No. Is he playing the best we've ever seen him play? No. They've had some turnovers. They had a bad game against the Texans. And I think if Dak plays as well as he's capable of, I absolutely think they have a chance
3: to go to the Super Bowl this year. Was that Greeny or was that Bubba? I mean, it kind of sounded like Bubba, at least with the thought. Weekly Rewind is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Amber, listen, Dak's playing well. We talked to um, Rob Nankiewicz earlier in the show. The thing that he said you would point to is that that's the biggest concern. Is he going to turn the football over? He's got nine picks this season.
5: He certainly does have the nine picks. Listen, the scrutiny comes when you've got the star in your helmet and when you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. So the scrutiny is coming. Frankly, no matter how Dak is playing, Dak has to be out there blowing out every category that we have and every metric we have to evaluate the sport for there not to exist any scrutiny when he's in that position. I do agree with Greeny that I think sometimes because of that, it can seem over-amplified. But that's just goes what goes along with being the quarterback of that team and a team that, frankly, has underperformed now for so many years – when we consider the talent on that team, that the excuses run short there in Dallas, even with the fact that he's had some of the health problems here over the last couple of years. So that scrutiny, you mentioned Rob Ninkovich there, Carl. And I wanted to run some games by you from this upcoming weekend. And Rob Ninkovich was on with us earlier. He had the audacity to take the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> over the Dallas Cowboys. I thought it was really interesting. Obviously Dallas favored in this game so let's start here though what say you Chris Carlin can Jacksonville get it done
3: I, I get why he picked them I I understand that when you realize that they are playing better over the last couple of weeks and you look at how Trevor Lawrence is starting to look the part I I can't buy in fully yet I can't buy in fully to the Jaguars being able to win this game yet this is a game that I think will be a close game Amber but ultimately, the Cowboys have to try to keep pace here. I do think there is, uh, an imp- I don't think they're going to win the division, but I think it's important for the Cowboys to continue to play well down the stretch of the season so that when they go into the postseason, no matter what seed they are, they are um, they're just playing at a high level because look at what's happened in the last few years when they've had these opportunities. They have come up very small and it doesn't matter what seed they are they are i i think this is a realization that they've come to
5: can i say something that i don't is this controversial of me to say at this point like hey trevor it's about time is it too soon i mean we're in week 15 no, I get Right it. of this nfl season i, get I understand it. what happened with urban Meyer and and everything around that program last season but it has taken us until now when peterson's supposed to be the quarterback whisper to really see much frankly From Trevor Lawrence for that Jags team. Yes, it finally seems like now the guy that I was told was the most surefire, can't-miss quarterback coming out of college, like in ever in the history of the universe, the way people were talking about Trevor Lawrence. Now we're finally seeing. Hey, he might be pretty good. I I don't even know, frankly, if he's going to be that good, but eh, he might be. He might be pretty good. He might actually have it. So good news there for Jags fans. I just can't believe they're going to get this done when you're talking about a Dallas fan or a Dallas team that still has a lot to prove as well like Jacksonville is trying to make the postseason too they're sitting at 10th right now in the AFC but this is the Dallas Cowboys we're talking about and this is the noise surrounding Dak Prescott that we're talking about and we know about the comments that Michael Parsons made about about Jalen Hurts and about the Eagles recently and, and that the all the talk about that and I don't think either of these teams in the Eagles or the Cowboys frankly are going to be caught looking ahead although we know that they both probably are looking ahead to that matchup that they have coming up in another week. I, I think that Dallas will be able to be focused on this one enough to get it done against the Jags. Let's talk about the uh, Titans and the Chargers. Uh, interesting teams sitting in the same position right now in terms of record. How do you see this one, Carlin?
3: Listen, I don't trust the Chargers as far as I can throw them. I, I don't and I and the reason is the head coach. Um, this is a game that the Chargers need in the worst way. The the Titans don't necessarily need it because they are in a position of a two-game lead, but uh, they have not played well, as we know. The Chargers need this game in the worst way. And so when it boils down to it in that that situation, when I kind of look at it and I feel like it's a little down the middle, I'm going to take the team that's a little more desperate. And so in this spot, I would take the Chargers... Uh, to end up beating the Titans. The game is in L.A. Not that that matters, because there's no home field advantage for L.A. Both, Either L.A. team.
5: Both teams sitting at 7-6 and six on the season. The Titans, though, sitting in that 4th spot in the AFC right now, uh, with the Chargers sitting in that 8th spot in the AFC. Let's talk about Steelers-Panthers. Why on the earth are we talking about this game? Well, it's interesting what's happening with Pittsburgh right now, because... Mason Rudolph might be the guy. We know Trubisky's been the backup there. Kenny Pickett, he suffered his second concussion in eight weeks. And yet there's these Steelers players who are coming out, like Deontay Johnson, and they're saying, like, Mason's our guy. We, we want that dude out there under center, which, I mean, I think is news to all of us. What do you make of this matchup?
3: I, I mean, unless all of a sudden he has uh, really developed in practice the last year and a half, I, I have zero interest in watching Mason Rudolph play because, well, he's not good. <laughs> he's not good. Like, do they not watch the actual tape in the Steeler locker room? Like Deontay Johnson, I could not get over what he was saying. Then again, he's catching balls from him every day. I just I'm sorry. Mason Rudolph's not any good and I don't I I don't understand. Is Mitchell him Trubisky up. though? No. No, nobody's good. That's the problem. That's why they're not very good. That's why they're headed for their first losing year under Mike Tomlin.
5: And yet we just saw Brock Purdy look like Mr. Relevant, coming off of Mr. Irrelevant out there for San Francisco. So very confusing when we consider Mike Tomlin's system certainly one that we believe in. Uh, We, You know, in fairness, we just saw Geno Smith, right, prove us all wrong after like a decade. So maybe Mason can go ahead and shock us all, shock the world and turn things around.
3: I will be stunned if that happens, but God bless him if it does.
5: Speaking of shocking the world, the Giants certainly did that for the first half of the season. Not so much lately there, Carlin, which a lot of people predicted they're going to see Washington. Washington's gone the other direction, getting better here throughout the season. What do you make of this matchup, Giants-Commanders?
3: Amber, I think the Giants are toast. I really think they're they're done. Um, I did the game the other day with Sal Powell. They, granted, they're going up against the Eagles, but they did not look like a good football team. And certainly not a functional offense. Saquon Barkley's numbers have dipped dramatically over the last several weeks. And he's not fully healthy either. He's got some sort of a neck issue. Daniel Jones is back to being Daniel Jones. I just don't see it for the Giants here. I think I think it's been a, a nice story at the beginning of the year, but I think it's fallen apart now.
5: Uh, Saquon Barkley has, has admitted that he's lacked the last couple weeks. He says he's back, though. He's, he's getting back there. Uh, we'll see. Not an easy defense to try to get back there against. Colts-Vikings. We mentioned Vikings haven't beat the Colts since uh, 1900. Basically, it feels like what was it 1997? We said. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah,
3: I'm I'm on the Vikings here. I think the Vikings uh, look they're they're obviously not playing well. But if I'm in that locker room, don't you have to be feeling a certain level of disrespect right now with the fact that you've won 10 games already this season and nobody would have expected that? Now, granted, you know they've won 10 games and their point differential is in the negative, but. Mm-hmm. um I would expect the Vikings to get back on the beam here uh, after losing to Detroit last week.
5: I think the Vikings can finally get it done. Right, nineteen ninety seven. Those those bubbles, Bubba's favorite middle school years. Uh, that yes, I just love so much. Uh, this will be the first time that the Vikings get it done since Bubba was in middle school let's finish up here with Ravens Browns the Browns are actually favored in this game which might surprise people I believe by three points according to our friends at Caesars no Lamar Jackson for the Ravens Deshaun Watson seems to not be good at football anymore what do you make of this
3: yeah I listen I think for Watson it's just going to take some time and getting back in for the rest of the season I think it's going to be a slow process I, I like the Ravens in this spot even without Lamar I think that they are just overall a better team. The one thing that has bothered me about the Ravens all season, Amber, is that they have had these fourth quarter blown games, and I, I don't believe their defense is nearly as good as it's supposed to be. That troubles me a bit. I doesn't not, It does not trouble me in this situation.
5: Feels like to me that Deshaun Watson, like this is almost a second preseason for him, because of course you're going to be rusty when you haven't, started in that long and so he gets sort of like the rest of the season is going to be the preseason for him and then we're going to have an actual preseason for him and then i feel like we could evaluate him next season in just moments we're going to have who you got but carlin tell us about the bowl
3: yeah well listen espn radio has you covered for bowl game action tune in tomorrow it is the cricket celebration bowl followed by the jimmy kimmel la bowl and the new mexico bowl Coverage begins 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.
6: Life is a series of choices.
3: Who you got? Make a decision.
1: Say it. Say it. All right. I'll say it. Who you got?
3: Ah, yes.
2: Who
3: Bubba, you got? The Bubba? floor is yours.
2: Finally, I mean, as always, Carlin takes way too much time, but well, we what got else there.
3: Well, well, you you got? making up for time thought, lost I, I that the the lost in middle school. I thought that was actually excellent.
5: I was looking at the clock. I thought the pacey, it was pacey. It was good. I was trying no, to Amber, on No, Amber, this is track. just
3: Bubba taking No, I mean, you were fine. You shots. were
2: fine. I mean, yeah. again, I'm just...
5: Like I'm just tired of though.
2: hearing from Gary Granger every week in our meeting, and he's like, what is the deal with Carlin? And I'm like, I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. It it's a great can't question. be
3: controlled. It's, it's a great
2: question. But anyways, Who You Got brought to you by Granger. And as you've been doing all year, we have the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. And as it's been happening all year, Canty and Carlin are doing terrible.
3: We are not doing terrible. We have won six in a row. I know. You, the last sadly, two weeks, you have. Right, so you, right
2: now, you are in third place, which is not bad. So, Freddie and Fitzsimmons are in first. Greenie's still in second. And you guys are tied for third.
3: So, See, somehow, thing, you have won six in a row, which I mean, is here's shocking. the problem here, Bubba. Greeny's doing this whole, you know, George Costanza opposite thing, yep, whatever sure his is. Sure instinct is. is, and it's working for him. Yep. And, and I, I find that problematic in and of itself. But that's fine all right so let's
2: see what you guys can do can you make it nine in a row let's see so we're gonna first first one here dolphins at bills this one is buffalo minus seven who you got
3: so amber i talked to canty earlier we've been talking about this game all week as as everybody has on espn radio he is with me on this i I, we love you you know we do he wanted me to relay that to you Mm. you got no shot tomorrow night How, are you? Uh, give me a percentage in confidence that you feel in the Miami Dolphins.
5: No, do night. not do that to me because <laughs> a lot of my Miami Dolph, Dolphin fan brethren uh, listen when I'm on the radio and they are going to go after me. I want no, no part of tune on. Uh, I don't want anybody coming after me. I don't feel great <laughs> about it. Chris Carlin, if I'm being honest, I want to feel great about it. I don't think the Dolphins are the team that they've looked like the last couple of weeks, but that Buffalo team uh, have been high on all season, and I, I told you, I, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of me walking to my car for 10 minutes <laughs> in Connecticut next week when I'm up there, so can't imagine playing in those conditions.
3: Bubba, we're taking Bills minus seven.
2: All right, sick name drop that you talked to Canty earlier. That was Oh, cool. I know. <laughs> Uh, Look at me. Greeny is going with the Dolphins on that one. He's taking Miami plus seven. Next one, we're doing Lions-Jets, and we got to go with this one because we we started before we got the news, so we're doing Lions at Jets with the line of even.
3: So, yeah, Canty sent me that pick before we got the news that Zach Wilson was playing, and so I now have to try to climb into Canty's head on this, what he thought, I think we have to still take the Jets. I, I'm on the Jets in this spot. Uh, even so, I just think they have a better defense overall. That's the best unit on the field. Let's go Jets minus one and a half. Greeny going with the Lions on this one. Well, that's again that, that's the opposite stuff. That's yeah. That's Greeny being Greeny. All right, Come last
2: on. one Rutgers
5: speaks for itself though, Carlin.
3: Yeah, I guess.
2: Bengals at the Bucks, and this
3: one is Cincinnati minus three and a half. Who you got on this one? We're gonna go Bucks plus three and a half. Uh, this was a Canty special. Myself, I could have seen going the Bengals. I think the Bengals are playing really well. I'm very high on them, and I'm not high on the Bucks. I don't trust them. But Canty wants to take the points here, so I will ride with my partner. We will go Bucks plus three and a half. All right. That's Greeny also
2: like going also going Tampa Bay. And who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. By Call the way. clickranger.com or just stop. By. I'm doing the read for crying out loud. Okay.
3: All right. Do we need a by the way right now? What? Well, I was just going to bring up that I think the last pick with the Bucks, we're going to have to say hashtag KOD. And that's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. At Make every moment more. I'm sorry to interrupt you. <sighs>
5: You interrupted his read with your own read. <laughs> I know.
3: We got dueling reads here. <laughs> I actually fan
2: dueling done. reads, am I right? <laughs> hey, I see what you did there. 28 years ago today, Dumb and Dumber was released. Yes. Who you got as your favorite
3: Jim Carrey movie? Uh, I mean, that's right there. I mean, the original Ace Ventura was mm. brilliant. It's so good. But, but Dumb but, and Dumber is unreal. Dumb and Dumber is just amazing, you know. And I, I mean, and finally redeem yourself, like that's as good as it gets. Amber, what do you got?
5: I don't love Dumb and Dumb. Whoa! Oh! Whoa! 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 I'm sorry, I don't. I get like with Ace, Ace Ventura because of the the Miami factor. Okay. Uh, as well, uh, I thought Liar Liar was funny.
2: Liar, Liar is good, but I mean, what are you talking about? You don't like Dumb and Dumber.
5: Mask, not my favorite. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Did you like the the Jim Carrey? Dumb and Dumber is too dumb for me. (laughs) So you're (laughs) telling me
3: there's a chance. (laughs) Did you like the Jim Carrey in the serious role of the Truman Show?
5: Uh, I mean, I thought that he he was shockingly good. That was a good movie, mean, It was was all right.
3: Uh, Yeah. Uh, a, i
5: guess i'm not a jim carrey kind of gal now that i'm thinking out of
2: it still going dumb and dumber yeah i mean i mean i i feel like i still quote it like four times a week this I mean, is probably why i, mean, I never related to nobody. women
5: and it was also <laughs> probably out when you were in middle school Bubba, which makes sense now because yeah it was again, a gr- i was just having a great time
2: just quoting it with my friends <laughs> by the way friday will be national sangria day so i just want to know will you guys be celebrating I'll well, be I'll be ordering it up on on Grubhub apparently.
5: Yeah, apparently people do that. We learned that earlier in the show as well. Friday like as in today is National Sangria Day? I, how yeah, do you get uh,
2: that?
3: next Friday.
5: Oh, next Friday. I, yeah. I do like I do like both red and white sangria.
3: Okay. I Listen, sangria. I like sangria. It can I'm, a, I'm little, a fan. It can be a
5: little it can be a little sweet for me. I'm not a I'm not really a sweet drink kind of gal, but sangria.
3: Are we having too ramp- many national whatever days? Like how do you get oh, there? I mean, yeah, that ship has sailed.
5: Yeah, uh, the, too, way far too many national whatever days. It, we probably have anymore. a
2: national whatever day.
5: It, 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 it gives us a lot of content for these shows, though. Also, Barton Hawn, they have content.
2: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at ten Eastern on ESPN Radio, or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up
1: weekday mornings at eight on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast.